Welcome to The Great Unlearn. Join me, your host, Cal, as we dive deep into understanding and unlearning the programming within us. Let's uncover your inner truth for a life with newfound purpose and freedom. Get ready to question it all in The Great Unlearn. It's hectic out there. It's fear, fear, anxiety, anxiety. World's coming to an end. That puts people in a psychosis. Problem, reaction, solution. You create a problem, there's a reaction. And most of that solution today is standard American diet. Put things in your body that take you out of your element. Food addictions, relationship addictions. All of these things that actually do the opposite of one thing at the end of the day, which is having self-love. Getting yourself into good shape. Cutting yourself off from people that might be vampiric in nature. Not looking at yourself in the mirror, seeing if you're operating as a parasitic energy. All those things that you're putting off is the opposite of self-love. You're telling your soul that you're not worth it. To be sovereign in this realm, at least you're putting yourself in a good position. And then at the end of the day, this is also the cosmic giggle. So you take a little bit of that pressure off and you're like, this is crazy. And it's funny. And that cosmic giggle has really helped me when it just felt so intense and just so much out of my control. Like what, what is kind of within my control? Small, tiny wins every single day sets you up for success. I know that's cliche, but I think a lot of people need to hear that. So before you go to bed, you look at the last, you know, 12, 14, 16 hours of your waking time and evaluate everything that's happened. What is working for you? What's not working for you? How are things turning you into wanting to run away or wanting to dive in? It's intuition that we have to rebuild. When you're discerning things and making decisions based on gathering information and resources and awareness, you're putting yourself at a position to make the right choice. It's not rocket science. You're tuning in to that deep truth. Yeah. Shervin Jeffrey, Jeffrey, I, I kind of fucked it up. I, the second, second go was okay. Give it kind of like a Spanish version. I like that. Okay. <laughs> Not exactly Persian, but we'll go with it. Yeah. It's all the same. So this is long overdue. We had one scheduled. Yeah. A couple of years ago and flight got canceled, travel plans, which happens. And here we are today. We're finally doing it. It's a blessing to be here on the vernal equinox, the spring equinox and Mubarak. Congratulations to this beautiful, beautiful museum that you've made your way into. Listening to you and your family, it's extraordinary. Thank you. Thank you. No, I, uh, I appreciated how you and Jamie really just immediately fell in love with it. This is like, this is what we live for. That, that grotto. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. It's not to put your house on the spot because everyone's going to want to come here. But <laughs> this is, this is it. This is, you brought Costa Rica and parts of Bacalar and Tulum into Texas. Weird, huh? It's bizarre. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, you, you don't think of Texas to have this type of ecosystem. You know, when I first didn't know anything about Austin, I thought, okay, what's everyone going there for? You know, this mass exodus. I'm a California kid, right? Pacific cliffs, trees, redwoods, all that stuff. And it's like, oh, everyone's moving to Texas. I get it. Freedom, for sure. But how can you live in the dust? And then you come out here and you're like, wait, this is... I feel like I'm in the jungle. Pretty epic. It is. Yep. Yeah, it is. And it's a, yeah, not far from downtown, but far enough where you're not downtown. Right. Yeah. I'm a suburb guy too. So yeah. yeah. So, you know, people listening mostly know you for Symbiotica. You know, they know you for your podcast, Wake the Fake Up. I don't know if they're familiar with some of your earlier work. And as I was getting ready for the podcast, I read your manifesto from 2015. Oh, cool. Bro. Right on. Appreciate that. Wow. Yeah. Um, So much of it for me, especially there's one particular line where you talk about the courage, you know, to, for, for the, for the people, the collective to wake up from the mass amnesia. And for me, that spoke to really what I try to do here on the podcast with the great unlearn. It's like, it's already within us, it's just layers of shit and a lot of programming conditioning that have closed us off and disconnected us. And so I'm curious like about a lot of it, but what, what inspired this uh, awareness and birthing this for you? I think it's in my DNA and I think everyone has it in there. And just like the name of this beautiful conversation podcast the unlearning, you know, I was able at an early age to get a lot of wisdom from my father, from my family, from mentors at an early age. And plus, you know, just 
I said my DNA, my, my human design, you know, I'm an investigator, I'm an anarchist. I'm also a martyr, you know, and I've always been that way in all my sports teams, you know, it's all or nothing. And I carried that on in terms of my awareness of how we're living, you know, and, and what's happening in our micro and macro realities. And I saw from the jumpstart, I mean, the first book I read in this field was, you know, Children of the Matrix and The Truth Shall Set You Free from David Icke at age 10. Oh, whoa. Thank, you, you, can thank, <laughs> whoa. you can thank David Wolf for that, my cousin. And um, he was in his journey of becoming, you know, the most famous raw foodist at that time. And a lot of that was geared upon, you know, the manipulation of, you know, all the systems that have been put into place. And then that with the pedigree of the Waldorf touching my heart at an early age, you know, I was doing summer programs with activities inspired by Waldorf education. I started to see that, you know, the indoctrination was heavy and heavy at an early age. And so I had to reverse engineer some of the things that I had been, you know, told that this is the way. And that along with the health journey and all of those things colliding and also my, my background being the firstborn son from an Iranian family that left Iran because of the war and because of you know the revolution that happened there. That's why I was born here. I had that firsthand grasp of there's things in this world that is going on that are not what they're reported to be. And so that inspired me to just keep searching. And I was attracted to the mystic arts. I was attracted to higher learning and purpose and having drive in this life. And I couldn't be a statistic that couldn't just, you know, I, I was the kid that couldn't sit in his chair. I was getting in trouble for that specific reason right there. And now looking back at it, I get why I couldn't sit in a chair. I wasn't supposed to be sitting in a chair at age 12 at 7.45 a.m. learning social studies or whatever, whatever that was irrelevant. It was, I wasn't designed, I was designed to be climbing trees and playing and learning and experiencing my own perspective, direct observation. And that catapulted me to just want to be a, you know, have this eternal fire or hunger for knowledge and information. And that, that led me to where I am today. So it was, you know, kind of the, the overnight success with the, we'll just call it that kind of analogy with the, the, the manifesto coming out in 2015. So there was a lot that led up to it. Was there some moment that really you know, kind of nudged you hard enough where you're like, I need to, I need to get this down. I need to figure out what this is and share. Yeah. You know, I'd been, I'd been in that field in that realm from, you know, since I was a child into my teens. And then when I hit, you know, age 21, 22, my dad's like, you know, <laughs> you got to let some of this stuff go. It's time to ground in, you know, we got to, we got to work on, you know, Start, part of the structure of society, you know, and my dad had a balance of both, which was interesting. He got that, you know, we are in a system and there's certain things that you need to do and be part of the system. And, and I, I, I reflect that, you know, we got to pay our taxes. You know, I'm using that. We, 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 you know, we got to understand that there's abundance needed in this world, you know, just to drink clean water, you need abundance today. That that's just shows you our paradigm that we're currently in. And so I, I drifted into, you know, I would say more of a material world and went into the field of real estate, which eventually led me down, you know, capital markets and investments and then large scale commercial real estate development. And I was in that from age 25 to age 33. And it was around 32, 33. I had this complete awakening I had an experience in the medicine realm and I snapped out of that short-term amnesia that I had to experience and I had to see it firsthand. And from that point on, it's been a, a re, relearning and unlearning a lot, of the, a lot of the things that I had taken up my, my everyday thoughts. And it's been, it's been quite the journey over the last eight, nine years now. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. And everything slowed down. Right, because you're present. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't stick too much to the calendar anymore, and you know all that stuff. I mean, we do have our responsibilities, and you know, we 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 run businesses and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, you know, my connection is deeply to my my spirit 
and my development of my faculties and how you, and I, our whole thing is how you do anything is how you do everything. Right. So um, really having super sensible awareness, which is a Rudolf Steiner perspective that we have to see how we react to things. And I review and analyze what's taken me out of, you know, my flow state, you know, what relationships are causing me to feel a certain way, how I'm, how I'm handling stress, you know, how I'm approaching my, my rituals, what's keeping me on the path and what, what's actually my, my true North. And that's been part of this whole development over the last, you know, eight years, nine years. And it's, it's been an incredible ride. It's had major, major ups and also major, major downs. Um, you know, I went through, uh, the, I went through, you know, deep, deep sickness with my best friend, my father and the, the, what the medicine taught me and the teachings taught me and the philosophies taught, taught me, it really helped me navigate that experience. Because if I hadn't had that preparation, God knows how I would have handled that entire, you know, three, four years of, you know, the decline of my father's health. And so that inspired everything that is happening today um, that put the serious pain into real action and real purpose. And instead of the escapism behavior that many tend to go to, and I tended to go to, I was able to sit in that uncomfortableness and, and really process it. And I've been surrounded by beautiful, amazing people. And, you know, the law of attraction is serious. It's re- it's a real thing. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a frequency and that's allowed me to have a, at least a shot at creating and helping things in this world and provide things to people. And that's really what, what my whole thing is. I'm, I'm just a, I'm a mirror for people, you know, and I'm, I'm constantly in this state of unlearning and unwinding and unraveling. And it's through that faculty that I'm able to, you know, pick up things that are very useful and what works for me, I think can work for many other people. And I, I'm not someone that tells you this is how it's supposed to be. I actually drop clues so it can work in their own network and they can practice something that we've all lost and some of us are gaining back, which is discernment, you know, which is the opposite of judgment. You know, judgment is immediate you know, reaction, a compulsive reaction based on fear and not being aware. And for me, discernment allows us the opportunity to really analyze whatever said information is and let it feel into the the body, the mind, the spirit, and then make a decision that's going to either affect my life or something that I need to just move forward with and, and cast that as irrelevant. There's so much information being thrown around right now, especially because we now live in this um, technocratic world with all of these, you know, we're, we've got these hand devices that are changing the fabric of our reality. And, uh, the unlearning is is really important, especially because I see what's happening with children. You know, I we're we're not in the elements anymore. We're not in the earth. You know, you don't even have to be agrarian. I mean, I, I'd love I love the agrarian lifestyle where we're living in our own ecosystem, and but that's just not that's not practical for a big portion of the population. I get that, but we have to teach at a young age where all this comes from. And who we are. And it's fascinating when I look at their, our cosmology and our perspective on where we are, who we are, why we are, we don't even know anything. And because that's been stripped from us and we don't have a self-identity, we live a false reality. We live a, we live a false identity of self. And at that point, when you're in false identity, you know, you're, you're quick to react. You're quick to be angry. Um, your, your life might be predicated on materialism because that's your identification of self. There's a lot of the, the Maya seeps into that. That's the illusionary state. Most people's perception of self is how they perceive others perceive them. So they're not even in their true self. And that's almost become, that's not even like, you know, they say the Watiko virus, but, but that's, a, that's a spell that's, in my opinion, that's been casted on humanity right now. And Steiner said a hundred years ago, we're going to enter a state around 2020 that we'll have 20 years at this point. We're either going to snap out of this 
he called it aramonic impulse, which is hyper-materialism. And with hyper-materialism, you have technology, you have science, you have government, you have social security, you have ID numbers, all of that. Or if we don't snap out, we're going to enter a completely dystopic, you know, dystopic reality, which he calls the eighth sphere. And that is a complete forgetting of who we are, forgetting what we've forgotten and having no connection to our ancestral reality, our primordial force and our purpose. And at that point, we're just, we're just material. And you can kind of see it happening right now. And look, this is heavy conversations. These are, this is full on, especially people that have children and what's happening. You could see it in our day to day. If you just turn on the news, which I don't advise you to do, I don't turn on the news, but it's hectic out there. It's fear, fear, anxiety, anxiety, world's coming to an end. Holly weird, Holly weird, apocalypse movies, the meteor's going to hit us. There's a big, you know, all this stuff. And you're, that puts people in a psychosis problem, reaction, solution. You create a problem, there's a reaction, you're in psychosis, you'll take on any solution. And most of that solution today is not, you know, prepping, it's, it's eat more standard American diet, you know, put things in your body that take you out of your element, food addictions, relationship addictions, all of these things that actually do the opposite of one thing at the end of the day, which is having self-love, you know, getting yourself into good shape, Cutting yourself off from people that you know might be vampiric in nature. Um, not looking at yourself in the mirror, seeing if you're operating as a vampire or parasitic energy. All those things that you're putting off is is the opposite of self love, and it, you're telling your soul that you're not worth it. It's very fascinating once you get into like how we're being governed, you know. And so for me, that's really. <laughs> all the cool stuff, symbiotica stuff, all the health stuff, all this, you know, upgrades and, and, and all of these things are great, but those mean absolutely nothing without that being rooted at your center. And I, I, I feel strongly that, you know, no one's coming to save us. It's, it's on us and to be sovereign in this realm you're putting, at least you're putting yourself in a good position. And, and then at the end of the day, this is also the cosmic giggle, right? Mm. So you take a little bit of that pressure off and you're like, this is, this is crazy. And, and it's funny, you know, and I'm not laughing at the plight of humanity or the problems, of course not, but it's just to like, ha 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 ha, right? <laughs> that laugh that, that shakes it up a little bit, right? Because we know like, you can do all the cleansing, you can take all the nutrients, you can do all the exercise, but if you're living in a state of fear and you have cortisol pumping through your body, you are, you're not in parasympathetic, you're not in rejuvenation phase. You're, you're, it's, it's like, that. what's that book? Um, Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers? Yeah. Fantastic. Sapolsky. Is that, yeah, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> we're not, there's no like actual lion chasing us down, but we're, we're sitting in our cars, we're on the phones, we're laid up at night. And we're living as if that lion is there and we're staying in that stress. The body at some point says enough. And psychologically, you're, you're tend to go towards escapism, entertainment, right? Trapping the mind, taking you out of your present. And again, that's another thing with the whole system, the calendar, right? This Gregorian calendar, this January to December holidays, the holy days, you know, and the weekdays and the weekends. And you're waking up every morning. All of these are, and the mortgage, these are all death related. You can hear it in the word mm. magic. They're all part of the, you know, the lexicon of death. And it's just, and you, we're just trapped in this. And you do that for 10 years, all of a sudden, you know, year 11, year 12, you're doing the same cycle. That's why people's lives are, you know, going right by them because they're not present and they're stuck on that. So again, I know this is a long winded take by me, but I'm, just emphasizing that getting into your, your true North and, and turning off the noise. And that's why people go in darkness for a week or they do have a pasana or they go into the jungles, whatever, whatever it is they, they do um, has to be an important step to breaking free from, you know, the, 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 the grip that's this society has put on people. That's beautiful. There's so much coming up. Uh, for one, I just want to mention that cosmic giggle has really helped me through some of the last three years when it's just felt so intense. And 
like, what more can I do? And it's like, oh, we are living in amazing times and it's super fucked up, but there's something else going on. And it's like, that's when I can really touch into my immortality of the soul. And it just allows me to breathe easy. It's like, okay, there's just so much out of my control. Like what, what is kind of within my control? Um, but I'm curious about the, the, the children, right? And I know that you've done a deep study on Rudolf Steiner. You've had experience with Waldorf. And, and I think we were chatting last time about what's actually happening with, you know, the Waldorf school and how it's been treated. Yeah. And I've seen it here in Austin. Our kids didn't go, but I know many friends who had kids there and pulled them and started their own school because it was very, um, on Steiner. Yeah, that's, that's tricky. And just like anything else, you know, the parasitic energy can invade any host and, and parasites by nature, they, they want to get into places that they've never been. Right. That's like their holy land. And you can see that just understanding a parasite like taxoplasmosis, you know, the cat parasite, you know, how that invades the, the brain and liver and gets into rats and makes the rat chase the cat so we can go back to the host. It's very interesting. And that's a, anything can be breached at this point. That's why we got to be so strong in our laurel, laurels and we have to be rooted based on discernment again, right? So discernment pops back up, right? Because if you're, Someone that's just looking for a quick fix. You know, there's a lot of people I, I get it all the time. <laughs> oh, I bet. Holy shit. I know I get it a fair amount. You must get it just inundated with so much of that. Yeah. And I can't even, I can't even engage it. I see it come in probably a thousand messages a day. I can't, I don't even engage it, but I see it. It's like, can you just tell me how to do X? Can you just give me the answer for Y? Can you just tell me what I can take? Can you just tell me what I can take? Can you just tell me? It's nonstop. And this is coming from a lot of people in the alternative health community too. And it's like, that's a complete paradox or an oxymoron. You are holistic. You understand that this is a holistic experiment um, in this life. Yet you're looking for an allopathic answer. Wait a second. Well, which one is it? So that's right there. That's the lack of discernment. And that's also people being in pain too, right? They're looking for the pain doctor. And so back to Waldorf, you know, Steiner's, you know, he's embedded in all of us and to a certain extent, and he was just embedded himself. I mean, he was just operating with a clairvoyance and can really put together a lot of the philosophies of the ancients and the, and the newer Western philosophies and, and create this alchemy with biodynamics and Waldorf education and all that. But for me, his, his main legacy is his cosmology and where we are today in this fight between the luciferic and aramonic impulse and how the christ is right in the middle and so in terms of waldorf education you know those are just people right it's just people that for whatever reason felt the pressure or got scared or bought into the science and i have no judgment the what this whole thing happened over the last couple of years you know it either put you on a higher track of getting into your own power or it made you you know, more susceptible and have to rely more on something else. And I honestly, like there was a point where I was really angry and frustrated, but because of my position, I can't publicly talk about those things. Um, you know, it, it can hurt what it is that we're trying to achieve. And I think there's enough beautiful people out there that tell it how it is and give you the real truth out there. Um, but it was, it was disappointing. A lot of um, mothers were contacting me from all over North America and even in Europe about how the Waldorf schools went this direction, you know, which was really opposite of, you know, Steiner's teaching and um, how health works. So it's, uh, it's just one of those things that it's, it's, it could be karmically related to people's paths as well. When you make a decision, there's a reaction. That's a form of karma. And so some people have to learn the hard way. And School of Hard Knocks is, is available for all it's of us. It's still open. <laughs> so in back to you, something still you, open. <laughs> you, you mentioned Steiner's uh, kind of uh, idea about where we're at right now. And, and in your manifesto, I'm quoting here, stepping forward, we will either change course and enter a new era of paradise, or it will be the end of life as we know. And I'm curious, 
you know, where, where do you see us trending? Well, paradise. And you may have just talked about it in, in, in answer. It depends on who you are. Depends on who you are. Yeah. If the world's falling apart, disease is taking over, you know, the systems are all, you know, corrupt and everyone's corrupt and you can't trust everyone and everyone's full of shit and you're on your own. And, you know, there's something inside of you is going to kill you. And that's your life. <laughs> you know, you're, you're going to live that because that's, you know, your, your perspective and your perception on life is ultimately your reality. Right. At the same time, you know, not getting yourself in position to succeed in your own development, meaning you don't have momentum going in the right direction or trending in the right direction. You're not giving yourself a shot. And, and I was just on uh, Kyle's, Kyle Kingsbury's podcast and we were kind of talking about momentum and, he, and I I'd brought that up on an earlier podcast with him and he, and he, and he mentioned that and paraphrased me. And I, I'm a strong believer that small, tiny wins every single day sets you up for success. And I know that's cliche, but I think a lot of people need to hear that. You know, it's just like the, the Rosicrucian or the Gnostics said you evaluate and research in your entire day. So before you go to bed, you look at the last, you know, 12, 14, 16 hours of your waking time and evaluate everything that's happened and see what is working for you, what's not working for you. How are you showing up for people? How are, how are this, your sphere of influence? How are they affected by who you are? How are things, you know, turning you into wanting to run away or wanting to dive in? These are things that we have to do. We, we've, we, we weren't given these tools at an early age and we were actually blinded by a system that wanted you to just regurgitate information that's completely irrelevant. And that has demoralized children where children are not in their, in their actual, I would say, intuitive body. And so the whole Steiner's perspective is it's intuition that we have to rebuild. That's the muscle that has to be flexed and the faculty that's been lost. And so intuition, discernment, they kind of relate, right? Because when you're discerning things and making decisions based on gathering information and resources and awareness, you're putting yourself at a position to make the right choice. It's not rocket science. You're tuning in to that deep truth. Yeah. Totally. You're tuning into the primordial force of your soul. But this whole thing, you know, your gut brain axis is, you know, the intuition that's developed in the GI tract that's, we now know that certain bacterias, they mix with certain proteins and enzymes and they create neurotransmitters, not just serotonin and dopamine, but also things like anandamide, right? So anandamide, which is also you found in cacao, right? Is the bliss molecule. These things are made in us. Like we are of the earth. If I remove all the, you know, earth minerals from your body right now, you wither away into a mush. We are of this earth. So we have to think of this earth. We can't think from this plane of not being part of this earth. And that's the hypermaterialism. The hypermaterialism tells us that we might, we might need to put an electrode in our brain <laughs> or some, some, crazy draconian thing like that or some just insanity where that's insane insane and it's like you i kind of laugh at it because it's just like what how do, how do we get here just let's just rethink how we're raising children how the cosmic union of man and woman come together and the alchemy of birthing just the birthing process we could do a 10-hour lecture right now on how you know the modern mechanics of birthing has changed the course of many souls entering here and the and the plight that that's caused damage on families and their entire legacy and their karma in this life. It's full on. And so again, let's just get back to the basics. And again, if you're hearing this right now, this might not be for you. There's no, no one's telling you what to do. And I'm not one of those people on social media. That's like, if you do this, this is going to happen. Or if you eat this, this is bullshit. Or you got to have, you got to believe in this ism. That's, that's all ridiculous. We are all unique. You do a beautiful job of the, the nudges and the, you Clues. know what? And, and yeah, like people, when, when they connect to that, they get to go, as you said, bring it into themselves and go on their own exploration. Otherwise they are just trying to regurgitate what you're saying. If you're telling them exactly what to do, because there's, there's a ton of people out there doing that. And I was susceptible to buying into that without results because yeah. it wasn't me. Yeah. It's me trying to reverse engineer what this alleged, you know, amazing uh, enlightened person was doing. 
It was all bullshit. And because of that, that turns you into a bully. That turns you into someone that doesn't know how to react and control f- anger and frustration. That might turn you into a loner or someone that just can't connect. And that's also why you see a lot of the people in the spiritual community, like, you know, they go and do a ceremony and they just completely blast out into, you know, this 5D realm, whatever you want to call it. And they're just like floating in the ether and they're not grounded at, at all. And so they've lost their connection to the earth because they're in, they're in some kind of illusionary world. And then they start developing cognitive problems and other disorders. And that it, it's, it's really clear that we are of the earth, but we're also of you know, a higher source. And bringing those things together through your intuition and finding that harmony in the middle, which is the Trinity, right? I think this, this dualistic world is very harmful. We need to find a center point. And um, I see it in kids. You know, it's, it's interesting, like Bruce Lipton's work, The Biology of Belief, big fan of Bruce, Bruce Lipton and his work. I read that book, I don't know, 12 years ago and was really interested in epigenetics. And because of what I do with Symbiotica, I, you know, we're, I'm, we're, we're creating alchemy that can have an effect on things turning on and things turning off in the body. And so the study of epigenetics, epi meaning above, is that we are not slaves or victims to our, our genetic traits. It's the environment that dictates what gets turned on and what gets turned off. The environment could be your family life, could be the water you're drinking, could be the food that you're eating, the, the stuff that you're, you're consuming, all things, not just food, anything. Those are what have such a direct relevancy to your development and your embodiment as a human. We know that children at third trimester to seven years young are operating in theta brainwave, right? And theta on that hertz signal is specific to imagination and memorization and picking up everything. So a child at age three or four, they're literally a sponge, you know, so they're living in theta. They might jump to alpha if they get angry and then they go into delta in their sleep. But majority of the time they're in that imagination phase. So if you're if you're not letting a child have imagination and experience things and you're coddling the child and you know you're a hyperchondriac around the child and you're scared about everything, all these things, that's what the, the messaging coding that they're picking up. And they're developing that and that's becoming who they are. And that might not be what their soul wanted to be. And so now they're developing multi-personalities and they're having all these conditions. And then what do they do? They, they, you know, here comes, here comes the drugs. It's full, dude, it's full on. It really is. Well, it's so interesting about what you just said is, is, uh, in this theta state, there's uh, memorization is a big thing. And so what do we do? We put them in to just memorize the shit out of everything. So it like turns off that creativity muscle and and then obviously that continues on through the rest of unfortunately most people's education that's that's right and that and that's the that's what they've that's the virtue that they've developed right and that's that you know memorize memorize but not really care about it you know it's just like cramming for a test you're gonna get the multiple you know questions right and then three days later that's completely wiped from your file right so why are we why are we pushing that on? We, we need to let children choose the path and, and there's going to be some curriculum. Of course, we're going to teach them the basic laws of arithmetic and some of those things. But why does a kid need to learn long division or the capital of Idaho or some, something that's irrelevant? Like None of that matters. Let's teach them to build what they're already wanting to do and have them focus on things that intrigue them. Can you imagine the, the, the nurturing and the, and the incubation that you can foster for a child in that kind of atmosphere and what the difference would be for versus a kid that's gone through the standard, you know, systems. It's, and I, and I've seen it because I have friends that have gone that route with their children and I see friends the other route and it's, um, it's intense and it's, it's emotional for me. You know, I have a nephew and niece that, are brilliant, beautiful children that come from really cool bloodlines of strong ancestry and 
It's incredible. The Persian roots and Sikh roots combining. These are ancient, ancient bloodlines and the warriors and poets all combining mm. and they, and they hold such brilliance, you know, and, and I, I can see like if they would have just tweaked it a little bit here, give a little bit more flexibility here, what could that have done to the, to their soul? And it's never too late too. That's another thing is like, if you're listening to this, like don't, Oh, it's too late now. They're, they're eight. Forget about it. <laughs> no, it's, we can, we can retrain, redevelop and we can unlearn. Fuck yeah. And like, as you're saying this, I'm thinking about my kids and mine are 20, 17 and 15. What? Yeah. Say that again. 20, 17 and 15. Wow. You could be my dad. <laughs> I'd definitely Sorry. be your dad. I got room. We got room in the house. I think <laughs> I'll move it. I managed to bunk in with one of the boys, but they're, they're, well, you have a 20 year old. Yeah. Are you like 10? No, I'm 51. Wow. Incredible brother. <laughs> you're amazing. You're really doing it. Oh, thank you. you. But so, you know, we've had them in a few different education systems. And right now, uh, my 17 and 15 year old are, are at the public high school here. And, and they just kind of threw their hands up like that. We're just, just going to a normal social experience. And which has pros too. 100%. Yeah. So we have to hold on to that. Yeah. 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 And that's kind of why I bring it up. It's like it, what I try to share with them is the meta is this whatever this class is or these grades, this education does not define you at all. You can excel at it. Awesome. But it is just one piece of one little thing. Go to school for the relationships, for the connections, like just like do, if you want to go on to college, you got to play the game. You got to do just well enough in certain areas to open up those options. But it's, it's just such a bigger picture than that. And I mean, I think on the one hand, they totally appreciate that because we're not, we don't put pressure on them to achieve great grades, but we do want effort. We want them, if they're going to be there, play the game. Um, but it's, and they're young. I mean, I think on the one hand, they appreciate, they don't maybe quite, doesn't quite land for them what I'm trying to share, but it's, it's opening the door for them to really explore what, what is alive in them. And to your point, it's never too late. I mean, I would say arguably I, I woke up five, six years ago, you know? And so it's, as long as there's, you're surrounding yourself with the right people. And I would say my wife Peyton and I have, have done a, a good job of not only just opening them up to life in general, but the people that, that we're friends with, that we bring around our kids are, are, you know, high quality loving people that aren't about that other energy. Sure. You know. I think you're doing a fantastic job. And I, I like what you said, giving them the awareness. Like if you're going to show up here, if this is what it is, then just show up. Right. That's, that's another thing is, is teaching them to have that. You know, I remember in football, my coach was like, Sherry, where's your intestinal fortitude? You know, I remember that. And it's like, okay, like, we're here. Let's, let's get it cooking. You know, uh, like be all in if you're going to, however you do anything. Right. And so that's, that's beautiful to hear that. And maybe, you know, your kids are going to listen to this, this podcast. Right. And that's, that's just something like it's these little things, just one message here can just activate something in someone and holy cow, they have a whole new revelation on life. It's like that. It is. And I yeah. think that's so important. You even talked about it a little bit before, like just these little wins. And so it's like these little just spoonfuls and, and just don't force feed them, throw it out there and they just accumulate over time and don't expect them to have this big aha moment when you drop what you think is some real ass wisdom. It's just, it's building a relationship with them, trust in them, saying these things, watching them unfold, as you said, and, you know, one of the, I think the biggest things that we did is when we would say something uh, about school or, you know, you know, one of, one of the things that was really important to me is that when the shit hits the fan, I want them to come to me or Peyton, but I, I want them to feel safe in that. And so when the shit has hit the fan and it has with each of them, just to keep the nervous system in check and actually show up that way. 
like walking that walk. And it's, it's been so important for us. And there's still a, a lot more learning for us, even with our kids at the ages they are, it's, it's, it's different every time and it's a challenge. And sometimes, oftentimes we have to give the old cosmic giggle, giggle, give a little tickle. That's right. Because it is like, fuck, I thought I had this figured out. I was like, no, bro, it's always different. It's always changing. Just be present to what is unfolding right now with them in this moment and then work through it with them. Oh, great spirit. Chop wood, carry water. What do you do? You become enlightened. Yeah. What do you do the next day? Chop wood. And you carry water, right? So it, the, the cycle keeps going. We're forever a student and we're, and you're learning every day how to be a better father, how to be more empathetic, how to create more security for them and more love without get, without coddling them too much. And I think that's really key is that the trust factor is there is that children just want to feel irregardless. And it's not a ticket to just go rambunctious and go absolutely berserk and maniacal and, and, and destroy everything in its path. But they want to also feel like, Oh, my dad's got my back. You know what I mean? I, and I can come, I can come to my father and he's going to be rational and he's not going to be compulsive and he's going to hear me out regardless if, you know, I fucked up or whatever it is. That was really important for me. I felt that with my family, you know, um, not with my mom, but with my father, you know, my father was, had, a, had, had more of the I don't like calling it the feminine energy because I think it's masculine too to be very strong and and also hold hold the parameters strong. But it was more of an energy where it wasn't, you know, let's get let's go fisticuffs, you know, and like let me let me let me make you feel worse than you already feel. What I, I, I didn't have that, and that 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 opened me up and allowed me to have a more of communication with him and seek his advice because I knew that he was going to be bringing advice and wisdom from a place of freedom and sovereignty as opposed to judgment. And that's really important. If you're listening to this, you know, you're, and you have children and you, you want to have, they, you need to be the safe place for them. You are the sanctuary by far. There's no one else that's going to hold that level of sanctuary. And also different children require different energy and frequencies. We, 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 we talk about the school system, how it's one, one size fits all. Well, we can't take on that consciousness with how we hold our children. I mean, there are certain things that have to be standard, right? That umbrella, um, the guiding mechanisms, but every individual, every soul that incarnated into the, your, your wife's womb is different, has a different pattern, has a different frequency, reacts different to things. All these people talk about their gene keys, their human design, their horoscope. I'm this, I'm that, this is my rising. This is my, moon, <laughs> right? Well, if that's the case and you believe 1% of all that stuff, then you would have to take that on and individualize your communications with everyone. If you believe in any of that, 1% of what you're preaching, then you have to understand everyone's different. Everyone has a different archetype. Everyone has a different shadow. Everyone has a different city. Everyone has a different whatever, their, their life's journey. It's different. It's different phases. And I, and I think we have to get very architectural type and, and have a blueprint set and then really understand who our children are and take them as individuals and not collect them like, well, he's not like Johnny. Well, jo Johnny does, you know, it's, that's terrible. Comparing children that are different is the worst ever. It creates um, an emptiness in the child that's being compared to that's lesser of. And that, that creates a lot of stigmatism, stigmas, stigmatism. Maybe it causes stigmatism too. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's, I love this conversation, man. Yeah, brother. This is great. So glad to have you here. Yeah. I just, this is what I like to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I knew I just roll the ball out for you and let so, you roll. Yeah. So one thing we talked about before we, before we uh, got on was that the spring uh, equinox is the Persian new year. That's right. And we started to kind of pull that thread a little bit. And so I'd love to just kind of, yeah, share a little bit more about that. We call it, it's, it's called no which is new, new day. And Steiner's whole thing anthroposophy, which I'm an anthroposophist. I'm an active, active anthroposophist. So anthro, the man, Sophia, the wisdom. So it's a study of man's perspective on the spiritual and clairvoyance. And um, most of the, you know, ancient, ancients knew that, you know, the new year is the first day of spring. It's the, it's the equinox northern in the Northern hemisphere. And 
how did we get this January 1st in the middle of winter when everybody's nesting and hibernating? Jamie had a, had a, uh, had a theory. Yeah, what, was, what was that theory? Well, I, I think it was just that there were no, the distortion. There were some bad actors that were like, fuck this. Let's start it on January 1st because everyone's going to have that as the new year. We're going to start our whatever fill in the blank and we're going to fall flat because we're still deep in hibernation. And it's just, it's the hardest time to really shift anything. I mean, they have you celebrating Christ and then you're going directly into the, the new year, which is crazy. And it's, you know, so you have Christmas and then you have the new year. Right. And so this, the, the spring that right. is, is just a, the, the, the awakening of our mother, right? It's when everything that has been sequestered in hibernation starts to wake up. And that is an active, active awareness to have in your own physiology and your own life. So, um, uh, what Jamie's talking about is implosionary energy, which is nature's reactive force. So like, for example, this is, this is, will go off on all whole another thing. So Victor Schauberger, do you know who Victor Schauberger is? I don't. You should, because you have water here and you need to start vortexing your water. This is how you structure water. Have you seen water that vortexes? I have, uh, I have at, at our other house, I have a, you have a spinner you have, that, or you have the egg. No, it's the, it's got, it's pretty cool. It's, I think it's a German device where you pour it in and it vortexes it into there you go. It's sweet. Well, what, th- what that's doing is it's giving the water and it's active activating its memory as if it was coming from an aquifer, like a spring. And so Victor Schauberger was the warden of the forest in Austria. And so it was his dad and his grandpa. So it's just like, it's part of their lineage. It's a karma. And so he, he was researching in the, in the forest this is in the early 1900s and saw that there was trout in a, in a different part of this lake that he couldn't believe how that trout got there because that trout was downstream and it shocked him. And he was writing about, he was journaling about it. He was like, what, how did this trout get here? And so he, he started, he started researching and studying them and he would watch them and watch them. And then one night on a full moon, cold, cold part of the winter, he started, he noticed that the, the trout would go under the waterfall and, and, and get into some kind of hypnotic state. And then slide right under the impact of the water and then shoot up the waterfall. What? Yeah. (laughs) Have you seen, have you seen like salmon jumping streams? Have you seen that? I feel like I have. You have, right? Yes. So, so what he figured out is that this, the, the trout just through their physiology and just the mother, the cosmic, whatever this is, they have this instruction or awareness that they can tap into nature's reaction to explosion. And that's called implosionary energy. And that's a known thing. And that's why all these, you know, you hear all these devices, you know, Tesla, all these things, it's implosionary where, you know, burning gas is explosion. You, 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 you know, you press the pedal, the gas hits the torch, you you control that chaos and then it pushes the piston. That's a one-time use where implosion is nonstop. And this is like, you know, you know, singular energy units, things like that, that were, you know, they probably have this type of energy and it's just whoever controls the energy controls everything. Right. And so this form of energy is, is nature. The way that water gets to that leaf on top of that redwood and makes its way up, you know, 400 feet is an implosionary energy. The way that our heart pumps and all that stuff, that's implosionary energy. Yeah. Cause right. People think it's literally a pump, but it's the vortex. I remember reading vortex. that with, I think Dr. Thomas Cowan's work, which is he's an anthroposophist. Yeah. He understands Steiner's work. Um, Dr. Cowan does great work. And so that is an electrical energy and implosionary energy. And if you notice everywhere there's implosion in nature, it's beauty. It's beautifying waterfalls, streams, springs. I'm an avid spring hunter. I've been a spring hunter. This is something we do. We go, but where the hell is the spring? Whenever we're in Iceland, where's the spring? Whenever we're in South America, where's the spring? When we're on the Hawaiian islands, where's the spring? It's just something that's like a calling, right? It's just something that we do. And around springs are it's beautiful. Everything's beautifying. The trees are beautiful, the flowers, the nature, because it's giving off that level of ever, uh, you know, ions, whatever you want to call it. It's just in that field. And, um, and it's, it's hallelujah yet where it's explosionary energy, like the freeways, you know, the industrial areas, everything's withered away. Everything's dying. Everything's ugly. And so what, you know, what she brought up is that nature is tapping into that implosionary energy and we are, we are of nature, right? We talked about it, 
We do live in artificial boxes with artificial lights and artificial temperatures, and we're getting DoorDash to our door. Um, so we're, we're losing that connection. And so that's something that's happened. And that's the Persian New Year. The Persian New Year is step through the fire, the alchemy of fire, right? Which is something we do. It's called Charshambasuri, which is a celebration. You jump through the fire and you burn off everything that does not belong to you, that's not serving you, that it's, you're just like, okay, this is going into the alchemy of fire because it's fire in this realm that we're in that can transmute mass, like material into nothingness, right? Like when you burn something, where does that go? Like we just think of smoke, but what's happening there? Like it's like, it's a trip, right? Yeah. And so- I'm tripping a little bit just thinking about that. I hadn't really about it, considered that before. Well, it's, it's, they call it a trip because it's a trip to mean. Right. Mm. Okay. So, so that, so <laughs> spring is the awakening. And so the people that are going to be listening to this, like, this is the time, especially if you're in, you know, Northern latitudes. I wish this were live. So people could get this right now. Cause this is the time. Well, it'll be, a, it'll be alive when they get it. <laughs> That's right. It'll be the time for them. So spring equinox is, is a very powerful moment. It's the awakening. It's the creative space. Uh, the Taoist immortals, traditional Chinese herbal medicine, you know, they have their, this is the, the, the time that you start getting prepared out of the yin stage. This is more of the chi stage and, and your creative space. And then you're heading towards the jing of summer, right? And summer is where you express all that you've rejuvenated and the creativity that led you from spring into summer and you go absolutely berserk. Yes, you do. <laughs> so tell me this, what do you feel like for you right now is, is being birthed is emerging? Well, that's conversation. Um, and I think for me, it's slowing down. I've, I've, I've tried to slow down. So it's tough. You know, when you have this awareness and you're not in full alignment with it, it's a little bit like, Oh God, but, I've signed up to be in the position that I'm in right now. And I know that nothing is permanent and it's just part of the, the reality that I am, but I can control certain factors. You know, like for me, I'm, I've been a hermit for a minute now. Um, I stay relatively in my area. Um, I've, I've slowed down on certain things. I put more thoughts inwards as opposed to an outward thought. So all the, my whole thing is be your own teacher. It's easy to give advice, but how many people are giving that advice, but also taking it? That's really important. And so I've been working on that. That's been part of my meditation. Like, okay, if I'm, if I'm, if I run across me, what would I tell him? Mm. I, and then I take that information, not objectively. I just, what would I tell him? And then I, I say, okay, am I applying that? Am I embodying that? Where, where am I living in a false identity? You know, and, and I can see where some of the falsities of my embodiment are leading me towards, you know, frustration and some escapism behavior, because, you know, at the end of the day, we still need to, we still need to live and survive to a certain extent. And so, okay, well, what, what do I, what am I doing to escape? Uh, I'm going in my sauna. I'm going on a walk on the trail overlooking the ocean. Maybe I put the Laker game on. You know, I, I have things that I know that are help helping. I can kind of just turn things off and we, we need to be able to shut down a little bit. And so I'm aware of these things and I talk to myself about them. So I'm not self-loathing. Uh, you, get, you get that right there? Yeah, that's that a was big. big. That's, a, that's a big one. It's easy to drop into that. Yeah. We got to get honest with ourselves and, and also communicate with ourselves. Cause if we don't, we're just like, we're just storing it and putting the rug under, you know, put, dusting it under the rug that starts to build up and then, you know, messes up your, your ability to make the right decisions. Yeah. I, I had an experience with that. I would say, you know, went through a pr pretty challenging period, uh, last year. And I, uh, my escapism was, I was just like listening to sports slash comedy podcasts and it was my way to just like breathe. And after a while I was like, dude, like you're not, you're not like t consuming like good information. You're just listening to this stuff. And then when I really zoomed out, it's like, bro, that's what you needed. You needed a break. Oh yeah. We, you know, that's, I love that because you and I are in the same boat. I've been a you know, fanatic sports guy my whole life. And I'm always, it, it just, it, it takes me back to childhood. Right. 
And so, you know, I, I when, when I'll give you an example, when my, when my father was sick, I was watching Kobe Bryant reruns of like most of the championship runs from, you know, even down back in 2000, you know, and against the 76ers. And then, and then the second round when he went against the Orlando magic and the Boston Celtics, I was, I was just watching these and it just put me into like, you know, a different state of mind. And I was able to just get out of the current reality. And I, and I knew what I was doing. So I had a plan. And then it, it, it just, it took, it just took the pressure off a little bit. And so we're, we're going to have these things in our life because it's a pretty crazy world, you know, and we got a lot of th- responsibilities and there's all these things and all this stuff, you know, there's, we're flying around in planes and it's weird, you know, that's not normal. And so those vices just make sure that you have a, you have awareness about them yeah, and that you're not rabbit holding outside of your reality too much and you're finding, you know, you're finding balance with it. Yeah. It's a yeah. question the why, why, why am I, why am I, you know, choosing this? And yeah, the, 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 the vices are, you know, they have varying severity and implications, but you know, even people numbing and soothing with alcohol, it can be the appropriate thing. hundred percent. You know, a glass of biodynamic wine <laughs> now you're talking. twice, twice a week. You're not, you're fine, you know, but be aware, be aware, be aware and, and, and understand what it is that you're drinking. Like don't do things unconscious. Like people that are just habitual coffee drinkers, right. After 10 years of habitual coffee drinking and not understanding what coffee is doing to the body, they're going to have problems. They're going to create high levels of acid in the body. They're going to erode their esophagus and their gut and they're going to have, you know, problems with their adrenals and things like that. But if you're conscious when you're drinking coffee, that means that you're probably going to add fats to it and you're going to be mineralized. You might take shilajit with it and you're using coffee as your, as your weapon to go and, and accomplish something. It's like, it's, you know, you're not just sitting around just doing it or people that are just rushing to get food in, you know, just to get food in that's unconscious behavior. And so again, how you do anything is how you do everything. So the more awareness you can have, the, the more appreciation and the more discernment you're going to be practicing to at least make sure you're mitigating any slight damage that could be happening. Well, it's a perfect segue because we get about 10 minutes left the, of part one. Don't worry, folks. We are definitely going to do a part I can two. See, I can see a series with us. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. You take that seat Just anytime, creative brother. Stuff, like creative stuff. Like I, this conversation's creativity for me. I'm not trying to pull anything from my memory bank. No, I can feel that. Yeah. It's just, it's raw. You're just here, brother. Yes, sir. So let's drop into some symbiotica stuff because we are talking about health and, and uh, remember folks, it's, it's without tapping into that self-love and doing that kind of work, not, not much of this stuff's going to be bioavailable for you, but let's just say it is going to be, I want to hear um, you gave me, Again, I mentioned it earlier before we got on, but this is a little blue pill, but it's the, it's the proper blue pill and you are going to work on a red one. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me about this. That's uh para X that's two years in the making. Um, that's, you know, being around a bunch of holistic healers my whole life, understanding Ayurveda, TCM, understanding, um, you know, orthomolecular medicine, which is the study of the lack of nutrients leads you towards peril and disease. And that's a combination of also doing a heavy deep dive dive in research with my team on, you know, all the different infections out there that are leading towards autoimmune, that are leading towards other more hardcore pathologies out there. And so we are we're in an age right now where there's a lot of stuff out there. And because our immune systems have been fractured, to say the least. We're not able to mitigate that and run in homeostasis. And I've been seeing over the last several years, just being in the space directly, a lot of people falling apart, falling apart mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, because they don't have a grip on their body and they're, they're having things in their body attack their central nervous system. And you, you hear it all the time. You hear about Lyme, right? Which is, you know, the Borrelia spirochete. You hear, which is a bacteria, you hear about, you know, toxoplasmosis, you hear about candida, you hear about yeast infections, you hear about 
H. pylori, helicobacter, which is a gram-negative bacteria that rips apart your tight junctions in your gut and causes alkalosis to occur, which causes a cytokine storm, which causes leaky gut, which then leads to Hashimoto's and leads to fibromyalgia and leads to all the other autoimmune conditions. And this is taking people out of their bodies and it's heavy. And I, I, I know from firsthand experience because I had mercury poisoning from a rattlesnake bite that I had. And that, oh, that I know I so wish we could really get into that because I've heard whole you tell story. that story, but it's, we have not nearly enough time. That's for, for episode two. Episode two, let's do it. And, and you know, the, the mercury in that really fractured my body and I'd, I'd been the bill of health my entire life. Never had a loss for words, never had a loss for communication, awareness, my own self, how I, I felt. And for a, you know, a, probably the most devastating time of my life too, you know, right, right before my father um, was in the deepest part of his, his episode. And I was completely disjointed from my brain. I was twitching everywhere. Whoa. Yeah. I couldn't carry a sentence. I'd lost so much weight. I was like, what the hell? I was ready to check out. You know, I was practicing Samadhi on medicine, staring in the mirror, like just like nine point death meditation, like doing it all. It was intense. And um, I came out of that. That's part of my karma. That's part of my dark night of the soul. But it was such a powerful lesson for me because my level of empathy and compassion for people that are in it just went through the roof because I embodied it and I, and I felt it. And so for me, this is, um, this is intentional base. We, we have no, there's no claims behind anything, but every compound in this formula was designed to either search and destroy something that doesn't belong in the body or create a cloaking device in the body. So the immune system can see it. It's not a cleanse. It's to take the burden off the immune system. Imagine you're fighting a war and you have one front with your enemy. That way you can focus your targets. You can focus all your weapons. You can focus everything. You can have your, your generals prepare for that. You can bottleneck them, so to speak. But what if you have a war in every cardinal direction? And I'm not just talking about north, south, east, west. What about 30 degrees, 38 degrees, 39? Okay. All of that hitting at once, you're spread thin. The immune system spread thin. And then all of a sudden you have you know, an emotional day or you get in a fight with your lover or you get this terrible news or whatever happens. And then all of a sudden your, your stress hits high and boom, implosion, explosion happens in the body. And now you're under attack and you're, you know, whatever your viral loads are now everywhere in the body. And you're succumbing to that. A lot of people are dealing with that right now. A lot of people are having these symptoms. Um, a lot of people are not in their body. They can't sleep properly. They're dysregulated. They have the muscle twitching, the heart, heart palpitations, skin is dry, blotchy skin, hair is brittle, eyes are red. You know, I can go on and on. There's so many symptoms involved in here and it creates chaos. And so I wanted to create a formula that helps mitigate that. And this is as heavy duty as it comes. I mean, it's basically, if you saw it's liquid cap with micro bead spheres in there, those are the blue beads in there. That liquid is a combination of pure oregano oil, mm. thyme oil, clove oil, monolaurin, and full olive fruit oil. All of those oils have antimicrobial, antibacterial, antiparasitic, and go on and on, all of that in there. Then we took that oil and we ran it through a triple pass ozone. Okay. So that, that oil is ozonated. So but if you know if you don't know what ozone ozone is unstable oxygen it's O3 it's become part of the new new realm I mean I've known about ozone my pretty much half my life but now people are doing ozone therapies so so not only do we have the herbs in there but we also have the atmosphere ozone is what you smell after a rain it's how the atmosphere cleans itself it's a gas and it's an unstable oxygen so that gets in its way into the gut and all of a sudden in the gut it converts to hydrogen peroxide hydrogen peroxide then dismantles all pathogens in the body. It rips apart the, si the, the cell walls. So you have that. Now we have the microbeads. In those microbeads, there's about 39 compounds. 39. Damn. And one of the main compounds, not to get too in detail, it's, it's really fascinating. Not only we have andrographilus in there, which is the Indian echinacea, but we have one in particular called CAPE, which is caffeic acid phenethyl ester. Now, most people have no idea what that is. 
but it's one of the main phenoloic compounds found in B propolis. Okay. Now, do you know what B propolis no. is? So B propolis is a powerful, powerful, um, I would say alchemy. And it's what the bees chose as part of their, the destiny of this, uh, this earth to protect the hive. So it doesn't allow fungus and mold and bacteria and beetles and bugs to penetrate the hive. Now just think how important that is. Hmm. Without the beehives, none of us are here. I don't care. We, we, we wouldn't exist. So, so our mother chose that compound hmm. to be part of the protection of humanity and everything else in nature outside of humanity, just the animal kingdom and all that. So that compound which nobody out there in the supplement world is doing. That's the most, one of the most expensive compounds ever. And, you know, I don't care. We're going to do this the right way. That compound has case studies on it that are so insane. Talking about some of the craziest problems out there. I don't want to, I can't, I don't want to talk about it, but just go on your search engine. You know what? I don't know what search engine you use, but type in caffeic acid, phenethyl ester studies and just see what you find there. It is insane. And I am, um, I'm honored to be able to be just one of, you know, a bunch of people at Symbiotica that are, are offering this. And I want to be very clear. This is a team effort. I'm just, you know, one cog in this beautiful alchemy of a group. And I'm, I'm really proud of the Symbiotica team. My, my, my partners, the organization is really, really just, we're putting ourselves out there to do it the right way. And it's spreading like wildfire for the right reasons, the right spread. And so mm-hmm. this, this, this formula is, um, is a testament uh, to what we stand for, doing things the right way. Beautiful. I think we're at time. Well, and that was a. This is this has been fantastic, buddy. And uh, I'm really really hyped on yeah. continuing this. And let's keep it going, man. Yeah. Thanks so much for being here. And there will be go to Symbiotica. We'll have a, a link in the show notes. But unlearn. We'll get you a nice little discount from our friends here. And. Uh, I can't wait for round two. Me too, man. I love you, brother. Love you too, man. You've been listening to The Great Unlearn. For more information, check out the show notes or head over to thegreatunlearn.com for additional episodes and information regarding events, retreats, and the TGU store. If you like what you heard today, please click subscribe and share this with friends who might enjoy our platform. Don't forget to leave that five-star rating and review as it really helps us spread the love and unlearning. You can find me on Instagram at cal.callahan and on YouTube under The Great Unlearn. Thanks for listening to The Great Unlearn and we'll talk soon. No, no different, only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned.